Well, 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 we uh, are always, uh, you know, uh, striving to have the best guests we can possibly have. And, of course, that would be uh, Joe Lenowski, Pennsylvania Sports Network, um, midday show. And that is why we like to have him for a lot of reasons. Uh, But, Joe, we have not spoken since the whole live golf PGA thing, uh, you know, broke and the fact that they might actually be, you know, sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call them partners, but they might actually be a, a merger of some sort. Zeiser, what's good, buddy? How yeah, are you? Uh, yeah, well, you know, you know what I don't know today, what I didn't know before? Well, that press release filled with ifs and maybes and possibilities. I have no idea what this merger is going to look like. Uh, I'm on the record of saying that I think that this will be as equally impactful for, from the player's perspective as Tiger Woods was, you know, with the pay and, and the purse. Um, you know, I've always been of the fake, you know, outrage. I, I never believed the outrage was real. Uh, I think it was just people that were sort of grandstanding for their jobs. We don't, you know, the, the pontificating was rich. I do feel bad for the likes of Rory McIlroy and, and Brandel Chamblee, who did the bidding for Jay Monahan. But I think at the end of the day, Paul, when it, boils down to it this is literally a non-profit that doesn't want to open their books and a a a foreign investment group that doesn't want to open their books like i don't know i don't i don't think that this was a you know kumbaya come to jesus moment i just think this was lawyers are like hey we're about to go down a, a road that you know may have you know uh an accident that neither of us are going to survive. We got to you know, kind of find a way to play nice to make sure that on the back end, uh, there's still what we have intact. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it's all going to work out and really, you know, it's the only conclusion that I kind of felt like uh, both sides could come to because I feel like it's, you know, uh, it's good for golf if they work together as opposed to working against each other. So I just don't really, you know, I'm not really all that um, uh, surprised that it that it happened. I know a lot of people are, but I'm not. Well, I don't. Again, I so I think there's there's a couple of different layers to this, right? And and I totally I totally understand the the notion of you know the the 9/11 families, but again, like that that's that's a fairly broad brush in in, in which you're going to stroke to make that comment. You're suggesting that the Saudi government was behind that. I don't believe anybody knows that to be true. Just because people are from a country or live in a country doesn't necessarily speak for the country. The other side of the coin would be is all you have to do is Google PIF investments in, in America, and you'd be stunned at some of the companies that pop up. I mean, these are household names. Now, I love, you know me, I love a great conspiracy theory. You know, we could make the argument, and I think you could make a great argument, that the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars 
that were squandered for Liv, using finger quotes, this was the end game. This was the goal. They wanted a seat at the big kids' table, and golf was probably the sport that was the most vulnerable that could woo guys away because they're not under contract. They're, you know, they're basically you know, 1099 employees, even though they're not, but you know what I'm saying. And this was their way in. But they're already in F1. They're already in, you know, soccer. And, like, I, nobody nobody seems to – people weren't saying, oh, we're not going to do it, you know, do any business with Berkshire Hathaway or Bank of America because, you know, the, the PIF's involved. I think from a business standpoint, this was a strong player on their part. And I think they won. But the end game also proves that what they were doing was unsustainable on their own. So they sort of forced their way to the table. The question is going to be, logistically speaking, how do the two parties play nice? Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour have shown that they are the superior product. But Liv now seems to be willing, or not Liv, PIF, seems to be willing to pay some bills. So, you know, money makes for odd bedfellows. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Uh, this weekend, there was uh, obviously a pretty interesting uh, a golf event um, where a 72-foot putt in the playoff won it. Um, you know, unfortunately, it came in sort of the Canadian Open, which I'm sure not a ton of people were watching, but it was still pretty pretty cool, wasn't it? Well, I think it's really cool for Nick Taylor. Like, and I think this is really unfair because if you if you pay attention, you know, there's the Irish Open, the Scottish Open is the lead up to the uh, to the British Open, just like the Canadian Open is the is the lead up to the U.S. Open. But this is their national championship, and I don't know if you watched that, Paul, but that had some that had some heat to it. Like, that had a Ryder Cup-type feel. I mean, the Canadians were out there supporting Nick Taylor. Um, but, um, again, like, we just view it as a, another tour stop. But imagine being Nick Taylor. You just made a 72-foot putt on, like, the third or fourth playoff hole to win your national championship. Let's not just discount that as some regular tour stop. Yeah, I get that, but you understand what I'm saying. Most, uh... well, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, there was a lot of buzz having a Canadian in the playoff. Now, if it was, you know, Matt Siama and Tommy Fleetwood, not the same buzz, no doubt. I'm totally on board. But there was some extra buzz. I mean, that's that was really cool, and I couldn't imagine what what Nick Taylor would would have been feeling in the emotions. And that was a very odd playoff to begin with. Um, but you know, good on him. And that's a, you know, that's a once in a lifetime iconic moment and certainly an iconic moment in Canadian golf history. Well, it, it, it certainly was, it certainly was. And I, you know, I think this week now, don't we have the U S open coming up this week? Yeah. A little, little ditty. They like to call the U S open at LA country club. And speaking of sadistic, have you seen some of the numbers? in terms of the way that golf tournament is going to finish, I'm pumped about it. I, I, I'm totally East Coast biased, except 
when it's West Coast primetime golf, I'm super, super excited. Yes. There's no question. Um, it's one of those things where it should be a fun. Now, who's in this golf course, who, who does it set up well for? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's a banger's golf course, but it's an old golf course, so the greens aren't huge. So I'm going to be real curious to see. And, I mean, it's a, it's a haul. I mean, it's, for par 70, it is a haul. The, the back nine plays like this, Paul. Par 4, 409. Par 3, 290. Par 4, 380. Par 4, 507. Par 5, 623. Par 3, 124. Par 4, 4, or I'm sorry, 542. Par 4, 17, 520. Par 4, 18, 492. But it's old. It's old. And it's going to be USGA setup. I mean, it's it's going to be a real weird situation where, you know, obviously fairways and greens always matter in a USGA setup. But by the same token, it's a lengthy golf course. So who who are the best players? I mean, Victor Hovland is only there for one reason and one reason only with his odds because he's the best iron long iron player in the world. Atrocious putter. By PJ Tour standards, short game is terrible. But if if you've seen some of the imagery of all the hay around the greens, it's not gonna be short game skill. It's gonna be hort, short game hit and hope. I'm I'm real excited. I'm a little I'm put off by the 290 yard par three. I think that's stupid, but it's it's banging gouge meet accuracy. I'm real curious to see how this plays out. Yeah, uh, there's no question about it. Who who do you, so you think Hovland is somebody it, it it favors? Who who are who are a couple of other names that people should be looking for that it might favor? Well, I mean, right now the the new big three is transitioned from Rory, Scotty, and Rom to Scotty, Rom, and, and Kepka. Uh, again, I'm a little bit taken aback. I think it's I think it's a little over the top that Hovland is in front of McElroy and, and Cantlay. Um, interesting tidbit, though. You remember last year at the Open, the U.S. Open, when Fitzpatrick won at, at Brookline, the country club? And, yep. you know, he had won the U.S. Amateur. I know he was the U.S. Amateur prior Max Homa won the Pac-12 championships at L.A. Country Club 10 years ago. Just history repeated itself the second time with a guy that had some amateur success. This is not a tour stop anymore, so there's not a lot of familiarity with this golf course. So I'm going to be real curious to see. Obviously, Colin Markow being a California guy, I assume he's played there. But how how frequent you know Scotty Scheffler played there? I think there was a there was a Walker Cup in seventeen that they played there. But has John Rom ever played there? I don't know. I mean that's going to be real interesting to see guys that much like last year don't have a lot of lot of memories on that golf course. Yeah, I mean I I, I like I said it's going to be a, it's going to be a really interesting um, U.S. Open. On a different note, on a different note, uh, we are sad now uh, by the uh, news, suddenly, really, um, that, uh, not suddenly, but let me go back. We're saddened by the news that Stan Saverin is dead. 
obviously he's been sick for a long time and, you know, he went to hospice on Thursday. Um, so we kind of knew it was going to be a matter of time, but still sort of the suddenness of it and the, the fact that, you know, it's finally here. It, it's tough to deal with. Um, do you have any interesting uh, memories of Stan Saverin, even just listening to him or watching him? Our time slots always conflicted. But in very early in my career, I was a, a once-a-week uh, five-to-seven guy. And in terms of the people that used to big-time me, Versus the graciousness of Stan Saverin speaks volumes. I mean, there there were people. I mean, there were people that had no business thinking they were a big deal. That Stan just like whatever you need. I'm, yeah, I'm, the, I, I will never forget. Like, like he he you know the way that he spoke to you like. He, he always felt, and I only ever met, the, only I ever had the good fortune to meet him once in person. But you know what it's like to the people that are lucky to have a job versus the people that have earned their way to where they're at. And I just the the graciousness of of Stan Saverin to waste his time with a a clown like me, just trying. To, to get something, you know, started. And, and when I think back of, you know, dealing with the silliness of people that were a non-deal versus, you know, the stature that he had, those people wanted the stature that he had, they didn't have it. And he always, always, always called me back. Always was like, uh, yeah, I can't, I, I, I gotta go, I gotta do that, I gotta, but I mean, it, it, for, for a guy of that magnitude who very easily, and and maybe should have, but obviously you're not that good to have that sort of fake prestige. But he was just so willing. Like he would have, like you'd, you'd call him and ask him, like, "Hey, can it?" Like, I'm really sorry, I can't. I'm thinking, why the hell are you apologizing to me? I'm just happy you picked up the phone. Like, what a genuine dude that really appreciated the business. And I think. I think that that speaks like when you get to to like his stature, like you almost feel indebted to the people that helped you along the way versus the ones that have just been handed a gig to sort of like try to pull some people along. And I, I, I'll never forget that. Cause I mean, I was like calling my buddies, like, can you believe it's going to happen? And he's like, Oh, that's great. And then it happened with some frequency in that short window when our time slots didn't, uh, didn't clash, but what a, what a terrific, 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 talented guy. And, I mean, obviously, you know, you're, I mean, I'm, I mean, there's, I mean, the only one in my, and I'm not a Western PA guy growing up, but from my time, the only one that would compete would be, what, Cope and Hillgrove, right? Well, I mean, we've had, yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's incredible to me. Uh, you know, Stan Saverin you know, was working, working, really, uh, you know, and for what, 40, 45 years, deep into, you know, his, his, his you know, his 70s, uh, pretty much, you know, he had just stopped working, um, you know, a few months ago when he couldn't do it anymore. 
And, and the greatest, you know, Stan Guy, I love the show. I mean, that's iconic, right? Like, that's, you know, that just, you know, there's, there, there, that is, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not a Western PA guy. I've been with my, my wife for 18 years. And, you know, she's a, she's a Yenzer by birth. So I got familiar with, with the market and, and Stan, I mean, Stan is, Stan's it really. I mean, you know, no disrespect to Myron Cope, but, you know, any of us, in my opinion, any of us in this business, you know, Savern to me is, is kind of the measuring stick in, in Western Pennsylvania. Anybody else tells you otherwise is, uh, is floating their own agenda. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, I think that's uh, that's a big, big part of it. Um, now, you know, Stan, obviously, for guys like you and I, was somebody we could look up to as sort of somebody who did it the right way, correct? Well, I mean, like, you know, like I, I always, I always would go down, and you know, you know, Junker was always very good to me as well. Um, but I would like, would this is a terrible analogy. Uh, at the moment, but like you know, when you're going through the, the 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 funeral home and you say, "If there's anything you need, call me." Like that's just the thing that you say at the time. But like, I truly believe when when Stan's like, "If you need anything, call me," that he meant that. Like he wasn't just saying that to say that. Like I I really truly felt that if I needed his help or advice or whatnot, and I think you could attest to this as well. I don't think that was BS. Like I think he, I think he legitimately meant that. And if I called with a question or needed his help, he would he would have helped me out and, and answered the question. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. Um, it's one of those things where he was always good. Uh, Joe, just a couple more minutes, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you the uh, what your thoughts are on the fact that the Big Ten put together its schedule for like ten years designated teams as quote-unquote rivals, and, well, Penn State doesn't have a game, a rival game that they're going to have to play every year. Well, James Franklin tweets out hashtag unrivaled every day. So <laughs> <laughs> he was out in front of it. I actually, I actually think that this is a big win for Penn State, a huge win for Penn State, and uh, a theoretical loss for Michigan and Ohio State. Um, how unfair would it have been if, if everything holds true? And I know a 12-team playoff, but you're still going to be seeded based off your record. How unfair would it be for Penn State, or, or I'm sorry, for Ohio State to have to play Michigan and Penn State every year when might not be the case for USC? Well, I mean, I, I would assume because they're Penn State, they're going to have to play three or four marquee games every year. So I don't know that there's going to be a win for them, to be honest. Well, they're not, but they're not going to have to play Michigan and Ohio State every year. And I think I think that's a big deal. Um, I, I've raised the But question. I bet you if you talk to James Franklin, he would tell you he, he wants to play those two teams every year. Um, I, I, I'm, I'll put it to you this way. The amount of money that they got, I'm stunned that the TV execs didn't demand that Ohio State and Penn State be a protected game. Stunned. I mean, that's a that that game gets a lot of eyeballs. Right. I, I mean, I, 
I, that I, game was not I, protected. The only From thing I could think of, the only thing I could think of, is that basically Ohio State basically said we shouldn't have to play Michigan and Penn State. Totally, and I said that's what I started with. That would be so unfair to Ohio State in this new setup. That that'd be like that'd be like telling Alabama, hey, you got to play Georgia and LSU every year in the regular season because we really like you. Like that's really hard. Really hard. I think it's hilarious that Rutgers in Maryland is a protected game. Nebraska, who's, you know, all the team, all the schools that have joined the Big Ten after Penn State have protected games, um, but Penn State doesn't. And, I again, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for Penn State from their perspective. But more often than not, they, I mean, they're, they're a blue blood. They're a big deal. They're going to get primetime games. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't know how this was going to play out with, you know, what was protected and what wasn't, but I'm not going to, not going to lie. I am kind of surprised <laughs> as how it did in fact play out. Um, it's kind of odd. And again, like you're Penn state, you're one of the reasons why you've got this, you know, billion dollar TV deal and you don't have a locked in game with the only, you know, real contender in Michigan as of late, but you know, Penn State, Ohio State has dominated and been a, a you know a whiteout primetime game. I'm stunned. The TV execs just said, "Okay, I'm stunned." Joe, thank you so much, sir, and uh, hopefully we can talk soon. Be well, Paul. All right, brother. Thank you so much. That's Joe Lednowski, Pennsylvania Sports Network Midday Show on Paul Zeiss. It's ninety-three-seven. The Fan.